listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast with Mark LaCour and Paige Wilson. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. You're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by IBM. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Thanks for joining us for episode 252. Hey, Mark, where are we? We're not in our studio. That's for darn sure. Yeah, I know. It's weird hearing my voice on a speaker. So We're actually at the World Petroleum Congress. Yes. It has not been here in 30 years. And probably won't be back for another 30. After I don't hear know. The, after they hear this podcast, maybe yeah. we can speed it up a little bit. <laughs> hey, maybe every decade can get you back. Exactly. It's actually interesting. So different cities, you were actually telling me this, it, different cities compete for the rights to host the World Petroleum Congress. Yeah, I think next year is actually Calgary. Yeah. Oh, good for Calgary. Yeah. I think so. Don't quote me on that. So mm. anyway, audience, we are live at World Petroleum Congress. It is fantastic. The energy is phenomenal. The security is way The up. security is fantastic for a reason. <laughs> um, the booths are full of experts instead of salespeople. It's just just a blast. And when, yesterday, we got to see two spots. That's true. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the old Boston dynamic, kind of creepy looking yellow robot dogs. It terrifies me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we should get one for OGGN. No, I'm good. Thank you. All right. I'll, I'll quit. All right. So this show is a little bit different. We do this once a year. Oh, hang on. We have reviews. Oh, we have a review. It's awesome. Yeah, we have a five-star review with so much misinformation out there regarding the oil and gas industry market community. It is great to find independent sources who have an objective view on the industry. Looking forward to more from Women Gun Review. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Women's Gun Review. That's awesome. It is awesome. Appreciate the kind words. Yeah, I wonder if I get a Glock comment from them. <laughs> we need to actually check out whoever it is. I love that name. I do too. But yeah, appreciate the reviews. And if you want to shout out like Women's Gun Review, pretty simple. Just give us a review and we'll be happy to read it on the air. All right, so we don't have any news stories this week. Mark's going to go over his predictions for 2022 and then also what his predictions were last year and how that went. Yeah, we will get another big shout out to David Proctor, who is the one that suggested that I actually revisit the predictions for last year for 2021 and see how much I got right and how much I got wrong. So thank you, David. That was a great suggestion. And the great thing about David, this is funny. He's a finance guy in oil and gas. He's not a marketing guy, yet he came out with a perfect marketing solution. Yeah. So David, you could always cross promote, maybe get into marketing and finance. Okay. okay. Anyway, get, get on with <laughs> All it. All right. So what we're going to do is let's start with my predictions for last year for 2021, and then we're going to talk about the ones I got right and the ones I got wrong. So first one out the box, $60 a barrel average for WTI for last year. I think the actual average was $62, so I nailed that one. Loss of downstream dominance. I was sure that last year the U.S. would lose their downstream dominance, especially petrochemicals. I was completely wrong about that one, Paige. It didn't even happen. <laughs> Consolidation of the tech companies that sell to oil and gas. I absolutely got that one right. There's been a bunch of mergers and acquisitions in, in the tech space that only benefits oil and gas. Generation Z entering the oil and gas workforce. I got that one right. Unfortunately, rebirth of the Canadian oil and gas industry, I missed that one completely. I really thought because of what was going on politically here in the U.S., that we'd have an increased demand for that heavy, complex crude, and we'd have a hard time getting it from the Middle East of Venezuela. So it, last year, it made sense to me that we'd get it from Canada, which would be the rebirth of the industry. And unfortunately, for our Canadian brothers and sisters, they have the same wonky politics going on, and that politics didn't allow that rebirth to happen last year. Yeah, it's, but it's, at least the rig, rig counts up. At least the rig counts up, right? Something's but I, happening. So, so I completely missed that one. 
remote worker, I 100% nailed that one. Well, that was kind of easy, Mark. Well, <laughs> it, it's easy now, but it wasn't easy in November of 2020 to predict. Remember, I did these predictions in 2020. I would have predicted it. <laughs> Like I'm some, like I'm up to your par. <laughs> you're, of course, you're up to my par. We actually have gotten a lot of compliments on you making the perfect co-host in the show. Actually, a lot of people I think awesome. like you better than they like me, which is fine. <laughs> Bothers my ego a little bit, but fine. Hydrogen, hell yeah, I got that one right. Nobody talked about hydrogen before 2021 in oil and gas, and now it's all over the place. Loss of the middleman. I'm going to call that one a draw. So what I thought was going to happen is you could see more and more oil-filled service companies go straight to the manufacturer of the parts and pieces they need instead of buying from a distributor, which is a middleman. And we've seen a little bit of that, but not to the degree that I thought of. So if you're a distributor, I think your job is fine. I thought thought last year you'd be in trouble, but I think <laughs> your job is just fine. And I think part of it is the fact that there's a supply chain shortage, and so the distributors act like a buffer. Mm-hmm. So maybe somebody has a part on the shelf that normally you wouldn't be able to get. Right. Regardless, I got that. We'll call that one a draw. Okay. And then tracing hydrocarbons from reservoir to consumer, I absolutely missed that one. I thought that one was going to be driven hard by ESG metrics, but nope, nobody really cares, even though the technology's there. And then talent, specifically the lack of interest in Europe and the U.S. of young people going to school to come in the oil and gas industry, which means that a lot of our new hire talent would be from countries that don't have the politics that we have. So countries like Russia and Africa, even Australia, where they don't really care about any type of perception of oil and gas industry. They're worried about good jobs, good engineering jobs, project management jobs. So I got that one right. So. The strange thing, Paige, is I would have thought last year would have been one of my worst years for predictions because we used to come out the pandemic and we didn't know what we were facing. Yeah, but you had that stacked against you, so that makes sense that you would think it would be lower. Well, so the math, you do the math. Last year, I got 75% correct, and if you look over the last eight years, seven or eight years I've been doing this, my average is 73. So last year, for some bizarre reason, I actually got more right than I thought I would Which have. is interesting because I've heard you give your predictions, and then I've also heard other people give your predictions, literally your predictions, like almost verbatim. Them. So that that just tickles me. Yeah, I've, I'm not going to say plagiarize, although technically that's what happened. But there's a lot of actually big name companies, and it's funny their analysts start calling me right around October, wanting to know when my predictions are going to come out. And it's like you're the analyst, you're the person right? being paid for yeah. this. I'm a podcaster, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very common to see my predictions show up every place right around January, and I suspect it'll happen for this year too. Yeah. So right. Paige. Yeah, let's let's get into predictions for 2022. Mark. Okay, first one. Average for next year, $78 a barrel for WTI. Yeah. I know that we're right. We're higher right now. We're in the 80s. And I think that higher price will stay around for at least the first quarter, if not the second quarter of next year. But I think when we look at the running 12-month average for 2022, that number's going to be $78 a barrel, which is actually a sweet place to be. I don't want to be much higher than that. I was going to say, is that a safe spot? It is a safe spot. The other thing is happening is our industry is here to stay for all you young people that have reached out to Paige and I and to our other host wondering about your degree in petroleum engineering or wondering about you want to have a job in oil and gas, don't worry. The industry will be here forever. And actually, one of my predictions is that next year's we're starting a 10-year bull run. So the industry is here forever, $78 a barrel for WTI on average. Let's actually get into my numbered predictions. Number one, we're getting ready to face a global energy shortage that the world has not seen in modern times. We're basically out of natural gas right now. Now that That's doesn't so scary. Well, it doesn't mean that you won't cut your gas stove on and you won't get gas. What it is is the oversupply is gone. And so literally the amount of gas that we're producing is being consumed globally. And Paige, we're heading into the winter. Yeah, so I'm I'm getting a little PTSD from last year. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> because of our big freeze. Well, imagine that that couple of days of no gas. Now, imagine that not just in Texas, but a whole country. And imagine it for three months. 
Well, lucky lucky for me, I learned some other hacks online. So <laughs> if I so, can't get a hold of my natural gas. My first prediction is this global energy shortage, and you're going to see energy bills go up around the world. Some parts of the world, especially Europe, I suspect energy bills will go up about 40%. Wow. Is that insane? That's insane, yeah. And, and I don't want this to happen. I really don't. So I hope I'm wrong about this one. Number two, fertilizer shortage. A lot of people don't realize this, but 60 to 70% of the world is fed with fertilizer made from natural gas, specifically the ammonia they strip from natural gas. That's right. Well, because there's a natural gas shortage, in a uh, couple months, right around March of 2022, we're going to have a fertilizer shortage. Now, I'm not worried about the fertilizer shortage, but do you know what's going to happen when you have a fertilizer shortage? What's that? The price of foods could go up. Uh, that makes sense because and, of what it takes to make the fertilizer to make the food. Got right. It. Yeah. So 60%, 60 to 70% of the fertilizers made from natural gas and that price will go up. That means 60 to 70% of the world's food prices are going to go up. Now, for people like you and I who are, who are doing okay, an extra $50, $80 a month on our grocery bill, we may grumble about it, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is going to hurt yeah. the underprivileged people who can't afford an extra 50 or $80 mm, a month yeah. for food. Once again, I hope people, I am totally wrong about this one, but I see it coming right around March of 2022. Food prices could go up because of fertilizer shortage. Then number three, you can see a lot of the petrochemical ref fuel refineries combined, and you can see new plants being set up around the world that are a combination because of the flexibility of feedstock. They literally, if they need to produce more jet fuel, and that's what they're making the most money on for the next quarter, they will grab the right feedstock to develop the most jet fuel in the most efficient way. But let's say something like ethylene or polypropylene or naphtha is what they can make the most money on. Then they just change all the buttons and parts and pieces so that the output is the naphtha so they make more profit there. So it's 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 really a really cool idea that has been around. But there's been no economic driver to make it happen. And I think the economic drivers could be there for 2022. So number three, you can see more combination refinery and petrochemical plants. It's cool that you can do that. It, you it can is retrofit really cool. everything and, and change Well, it's a lot up. of the new plants, a lot of the green fill plants but you can also retrofit right number four supply chain now we have all seen all the container ships parked all around the world all right. for our christmas presents right but it's bigger than that so a lot of the parts of the world that do a lot of manufacturing think of china right now there's a constraint in them being able to ship what they manufacture to countries that buy it right right because of that they're focusing on the stuff they make the most profit margins on which is what you and i would do right that's consumer goods so what's getting shipped from China over here and it's getting offloaded, most of it's consumer goods, not drill stem tubulars and mud pumps. So there's going to be a huge shortage in oil and gas. It's happening right now of parts and pieces that we need to run. Right now, because you can't get tubulars in the Permian, there are companies that are ready to drill and they won't drill because they can't get tubulars. And they expect that to last till 2023 or 2024. Oh, wow. That's right? Now. Because of this, if you think through that, that means that companies that need to operate now will do things differently. If they can't get a new mud pump, guess what they're going to do? What? They're going to buy a used mud pump. That, well, now that makes sense. Now, if you buy a used mud pump, guess what? It has to be retrofitted, cleaned up, and inspected and certified, right? Right. So because of the supply chain issues, all your service companies out there that repair pumps, motors, parts, pieces, your business will go through the roof. I mean, literally go through the roof because there's no choice but to get used parts and pieces. So number four is the supply chain issues in oil and gas, which I think is going to drive to a lot of reuse of parts and pieces, which could be a boom for the companies that retrofit and certify that sort of stuff. Then in holding hands with supply chain is inflation. So things that we paid a dollar for last year, next year I expect we pay a dollar twenty-five for. 
Now, when you start thinking about that inflation, you go, well, that's not big, that big a deal. We'll just pass on those the cost like we always do to the buyers. And eventually that cost is passed on the consumer. So you know what's happening? You're having people that don't understand the industry <laughs> yeah. go fill up their car and they're paying way too more money than they should be to fill up their car, and they're blaming it on the oil and gas industry. Well, well let me ask you this: Have you have you seen those stickers on the pumps yet, saying "I did that"? Yes, I've absolutely <laughs> seen that. <laughs> and it's Joe Biden pointing at the gas pump price, right? Yep. And so, and him and his team did do that. But unfortunately, a lot of the public thinks it's the oil and gas industry that's causing these high prices, and we've been through. 10 years of hell we haven't made money in a decade you yeah. know and we're just now coming out of this so that my my fear about the inflation is not the cost it's gonna be another way to drive negative public perception that the industry groups and the people that don't like our industry are going to use against us and there's nothing we can do about it yeah yeah but this is stay tuned we got some good news coming <laughs> then speaking of good news coming number six my prediction 2022 is the beginning of the next super cycle what is a super cycle mark that is when the economic drivers all lead to the same goal at the same time. So basically, I think the next super cycle is going to be a bull super cycle. So it's going to be an up high price market for oil and gas, I think, for the next 10 years. I think we've come out of this low bear market super cycle in oil and gas where prices were low. In fact, we got to negative numbers where there was an oversupply. And I think we're going to have the opposite where we're going to have demands going to be so big we can't catch up. For the next 10 years, the price of hydrocarbons is going to be high. Now, the cool thing about this is it's going to be good for our industry. No matter what politicians say, people are going to buy hydrocarbon products. So next year, I suspect because of this next super cycle, there's going to be money everywhere. We're not going to be able to hire enough people. We're going to all go back to work. Now, we're going to be busy and we're going to be overworked because there's not enough people to fill in all the, the – we're not going to be able to hire enough people. But the industry is going to be on a boom again. I think that's going to continue for the next 10 years. Number seven, labor constraints are going to delay all these petrochemical plants that I just talked about. At that the same sense. time that global demand is increasing for petrochemicals. So that's going to drive an upswing in the labor market all around the world, especially craft labor or skilled laborers, machinists, pipe fitters, welders. If you know anybody that's a welder, the next decade is going to be a boom year for them because there's a constraint. There's not enough welders in for the construction of all these petrochemical complexes, not just in the U.S., but all around the world. So the nice thing about that, that means that there's not going to be enough petrochemicals, which is going to keep prices up for the consumer goods. Right. So once again, I think that's great for our industry. Well, that makes sense based off of everything you've already mentioned. So, I mean, it, it, it makes complete sense to me. Now, here's one that should also make sense to you. Number eight, energy theft. Yep. Because I think we're moving to a global energy shortage. I think you can see energy theft go up. And I don't mean, you know, somebody down the street siphoning the gasoline out your car at night. I literally mean you're going to see concerted black market groups going energy theft you could see states doing energy theft you could see countries doing energy it's theft. almost like they were practicing by hacking yeah and so you know you think it's bad now there's two or three hot taps in a mexican pipeline and it blows up and a few people unfortunately lost their life you can see that multiplied by 10 or 100 fold next year and it's also going to see states you can see some of the middle eastern states steal hydrocarbons you can see some opec members steal hydrocarbons and put them on the black market and i don't want any of this to happen because the bad thing about energy theft is ultimately it's bad for the environment right. because when you're stealing hydrocarbons when you're stealing crude natural gas you don't care if you spill it right and you damn don't tell anybody if you spill it well right yeah so the energy theft thing is not good for our industry i think it's going to happen what one of the things that's going to come from that is i think for the first time ever OPEC is going to really focus on its members' production numbers, and not just their members that won't meet quota, but the members that go over quota or they're under quota, but they're putting hydrocarbons on the black market. I think OPEC's going to really clamp down on the black market, which is just really good for everybody, and I think it's because of energy theft.
Man, desperate times call for desperate yeah. measures, I suppose. Then number nine, changing consumer fuel mix. So if you and I go fill up our car right now, honestly, it's five to seven minutes to sit there and fill it up. Right. We run internal combustion engines, which runs on gasoline. Yeah. Now that EVs, electric vehicles are taken off, when you go to fill up an EV, it doesn't take six or seven minutes. It takes an hour. So are you going to go to a convenience store, plug in your EV, and sit there and read comics and drink Slurpees for an hour? No, it makes no sense. So I think the convenience store of the future is actually going to be movie theaters, restaurants, anything that can entertain you for an hour or so while your EV is recharging, which means our convenience store model is going to actually dramatically change. And I think all that's going to start next year. And I actually think it's good. The convenience store model hasn't changed in 40 years, and it's going to be nice to see it change where they're trying to add value to people that are parked for 45 you minutes really to an hour. You really think it's going to happen next year? Well, no. So remember, all my predictions are going to start. Start. Gotcha. So okay. I'm always looking ahead. So all, right. all my predictions are not when it's here to at its peak. It's when is it going to start? And so it's the same thing. This change in consumer mix, change in convenience stores. I think it's going to start next year. And then Paige, hmm. I hope we're able to take advantage of this. But number ten prediction for 2022 is as an industry and as employees in this industry, we're going to have a chance to change this negative public perception. As the public has to spend more and more money filling up their car, and as they have to spend more and more money feeding themselves, and unfortunately, when a few people have to make a choice between heating their home or filling their car up so they can go to work, they're going to stop, and they're going to look at this mad rush to renewables, to green energy, and go, are we doing the right thing? Is this the right thing for us to do? And I think as an industry, if we can get in front of this for 2022, and I don't mean big industry organizations like SPE or API who are actually here, and I don't mean like big companies like Exxon and Chevron. I mean individuals like you and me, like the listeners to this podcast right now. Next year, if we can get out and talk to our neighbors and not talk politics, not talk emotions or prejudices. Especially emotions. That's where conflict really But talk about the fact. Talk about how by just by switching to natural gas, we can drop CO2 emissions by 60%, right? But then we still have cheap, reliable, abundant energy. Talk about how our cars put out 1% of the pollution that they used to put out in the 1960s. Talk about the fact that we can mitigate all emissions. We can easily capture all the methane that leaks out of natural gas. Or easily, we can do it right now. We don't need to be flaring everywhere. So I think next year is a time as an industry and as people that support this industry, we get a chance to change this negative public reception. But it's going to be a short window. And if we don't capitalize on it next year, I'm afraid, unfortunately, we'll never have this window again. So if you're listening to me and you work for a company or you're an individual and you want to help help us, I don't want to say fight, but help us change this negative public perception. Next year will be the year to do it. Reach out to me personally. I'd love your help, whether you want to donate money or time or anything else. But next year's a year to actually educate the public on how valuable hydrocarbons are to mankind. All right. That's so it. There we go. There's my 10 predictions. One of the things I didn't predict, because it happens no matter what, is free day passes at the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good segue. Come on. That was, be- that was one of your better ones. So if uh, Canada is a global membership community, it's one of the coolest co-working spaces I've been anywhere in the world, but also happens to be here in Houston. Walk up the front desk, say you're listening to OGGN, they'll give you a free day pass. And then Paige, what? what's going on with this IBM shirt? Oh, it's you better sign up now because once they're gone, they're gone. And that happens the 31st of December. 31st of December. That's These it. shirts will disappear, never to be on the market if again. If don't reach out and tell us what y'all want, you aren't, aren't going to get anything. <laughs> yeah. Which, so, so first thing, if you want one of these shirts, go online, click in the show notes, sign up to register. If you don't win, register every week. you got a couple weeks left in this year. And like Paige said, let us know what you would like us to give away. 
IBM is willing to give away some really cool stuff. We right. just have to figure out what the heck it's going yeah, to be. Yeah, we don't know unless y'all tell us. Yeah. And we've gotten a couple of y'all to reach out, but we have over a million listeners to this show. Yeah. Can we get 10 more of y'all maybe to reach yeah, out and say what helpful. you'd like us to give away? It, actually, it would really be helpful. If you could do that, that would be, be awesome. Weekly rig count page. Where are we? As of December 3rd in the United States, we are at 569. No change from prior counts. Canada is at 180. They're up nine. That's good. And then internationally, since last count, it was in November, 817, and we're up 17. Love the trend. Love yes, the trend. Yes. And then I know you've heard this, you hear this from us every year, but next year, early next year, early January, we're going through a rebranding exercise. All the URLs, all the links will be exactly the same, but the way it looks is going to be different. But if you want to stay in touch with what we're doing while we're going through this change, the best thing to do is go to LinkedIn, find our company page. And just follow us. Yeah, and just follow us. Yeah. Right? And that's where we let you know about everything that's going on, which, by the way, no industry mixer in December. We decided to give everybody a break, including our own uh, oh, events people. God. But we're going to pick up the industry <laughs> mixers right back up in January. And we're going to expand next year. We're going to hit all those cities that we used to do industry mixers in before the pandemic. We're going to pick those up plus a few more. So all one of them? <laughs> no, <laughs> one we were in Pittsburgh, Denver. We never launched that. Oh, you're right. It was just we in never Denver. launched Denver. Oh, no, it was Denver, Midland, it was Midland, and it was only Midland and Houston. Houston. I got. And a we were about to launch Denver. I got a list of eleven cities that, that we're going to go for. Awesome. So stay tuned for that. Hi, Euler. <laughs> we're recording right now. It's good to see you, bud. And then finally, if you'd like to know about all the oil and gas events, including the World Petroleum Congress that we're at right now, sign up for our monthly email newsletter. We take all the events that are going on in oil and gas, plus some that you don't know about, plus discounts or sometimes free tickets. Stick in your inbox once a month for free. Once again, the link's in the show note. It's the Mark's monthly email, events email. And then if you'd like myself or any of our experts to come to your event, to speak, to do a live podcast, let us know. Paige doesn't know this yet, but we got a live podcast to do in March for a company event right here in Houston. It's going to be a blast. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then finally, first Friday Q&A, you know the drill. Go to either oilandgasthisweek.com or oggn.com. Ask your question. If we use your question on there, you'll get a big shout out on the show. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't. Well, for all you that have submitted questions that you've never heard them read, there's a reason we didn't read them on the show. I think we read all of them. No, we don't read all of them. Oh, well, then we have some that come in that we can't air. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, now the audience will be driven crazy. Well, just stuff hey, that's not professional. Well, you, leave they, it at that. they can go read it for themselves. <laughs> that's too, no, <laughs> no, they can't. S- some of them have been reviews. Okay. All right. <laughs> now the audience is going to be on this big puzzle hunt <laughs> the rest of December. <laughs> anyway, I think it's a good note. You ready to get out of here? Yeah. Remember, folks, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Later. Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of Oil & Gas This Week Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.